0: yeah what's up everybody and welcome to episode 18 of the sailor jerry podcast brought to you of course by sailor jerry spiced rum 92 proof bold and smooth as hell my name is matt cothran i'm still your host and i'm still on the road ladies and gentlemen um man it's been a crazy couple weeks uh, we've been playing night after night, had a couple great days off. Um, you know, we played a uh, minor league baseball park and just outside of Pittsburgh. That was super cool. Uh, that was Washington, PA. Uh, we had a crazy show in, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, you know, obviously super close to, uh, to Dropkick, uh, Murphy's homeland, you know, of Boston there. So that was super fucking cool, um, you know, had a great gig in Cincinnati right in between, the, you know, the the football stadium and the uh, and the uh, baseball stadium. Looking out at the bridge, you know, super, super cool, um, had a killer day off in Richmond the other day saw some, you know, old monuments, old Confederate monuments that got torn down, uh, you know, in 2020. Um, and that was really cool to see, actually. Uh, it was kind of heavy and, um, you know, I just thought it was important. I thought it was really cool how uh, it hit me um, because I've always kind of wondered what that would be like. A lot of people say, well, if you just get rid of it, you know, um, it, you know, there's, there's nothing to learn from or whatever. You know, that's an argument, people say. Um, but the, uh, the statue that I saw in particular, Uh, was the uh, Confederate Sailors and Soldiers statue uh, in Libby Hill. And uh, it was really cool the way it hit me because I saw it. It's uh, just like a big, almost just like a big pole at this point, you know, Uh, but it's a big ass piece of concrete. And you can't help but just follow it up to the sky, you know, so uh, I did that. And as I was looking it up, I was reading it, it says, you know, Confederate, you know, monument. So immediately you get the old history of, okay, this is Civil War. This is, um, you know, Confederacy. Uh, this is Richmond. Richmond was like the capital, the Confederate Army, basically. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of wild history there. Um, so you learn all that stuff if you don't already know it, you know what I mean? And then you look up and as you're looking up the statue, you see, you know, little um, you know, bits of spray paint still from, you know, protests throughout 2020. Uh, and then you kind of follow it up and you realize that there's no statue on top, you know, and, uh, and then you're able to kind of, you know, think on that for a little bit, you know, why is there no statue on top? You know, the statue was removed by the city, uh, you know, 2020 after protests. And, um, you know, it just goes to show that even way, way, way far removed from the civil war, um, that, you know, there's still shit up like that that doesn't need to be up. I mean, it's just it it doesn't do any good, you know. So, um, you know, you see so you get the past and you get a little bit of the present. And it's a really kind of crazy um, feeling, you know, if you're into history, if you're into art, if you're into, um, you know, life in general, um, you know, so it was really cool to experience that. Um, and uh what else happened walked around took a bunch of photos that was cool um you know we played richmond the next night on like the richmond uh the richmond uh raceway like the full-on ricky bobby racetrack that shit was dope um you know rant has been killing it every night dropkick murphy's been killing it every night uh you know we've been killing it every night too obviously um you know but tour has has been a blast um You know as far as i know um you know crowds have been you know doing the right thing security's been doing the right thing i know we've been doing the right thing just trying to keep everybody as safe as possible um taking covid tests like crazy um you know and just doing what we got to do to hopefully stay out on the road and continue uh you know the uh continue the life You know continue the life that we work so hard for uh in the life that we love so you know that's going good the road's going good uh other big news you know um bronx six is out bronx six is out into the streets it has been released into the wild uh you know it's been a long time coming ladies and gentlemen a long 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 time coming but it's out It feels really fucking good. Uh, It came out August 27th, you know, last Friday. And, um, you know, I I couldn't be happier with the way people are receiving the record. People seem to really dig it. Um, You know, obviously uh, we've been releasing single by single um, for, you know, the first half of the year, really. Um, You know, so a lot of people have heard those songs, but um, finally, you know, now people can, uh, can listen to the record as a whole. Uh, and that's a really cool feeling and it's our sixth record, you know, which is, uh, you know, I, 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 am proud, I'm proud, I'm proud of us. I'm I'm proud of, uh, of being able to say that, you know, it's not an easy thing to do, uh, you know, uh, in, in the music industry as, you know, a relatively, um, you know, ground floor, independent punk rock DIY, you know, artist, you know, it's like we have, uh, we've really uh, worked hard to, uh, to, you know, maintain the band and, uh, and, and, and maintain, um, you know, our, our, our love for it, you know? So it's something that still feels just as good, um, you know, now, even way better now, if I'm gonna be honest with you, it feels way better now, which is even crazier to say, you know, uh, I think sometimes as fans, we tend to grab onto like the early, years of the bands that we love or something like that you know um whenever we found them or or whatever and i think in a lot of ways bands do that same thing where they kind of like you know they're always kind of chasing that first high or whatever but um you know for us it's never been about that for us it's always been about the next kind of thing so um it feels really good to have a new record out that's all i'm saying I'll, uh, I'll stop talking about it now, uh, but yeah, it feels super awesome, and you know, going along with the, uh, the new record theme, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our guest on a very, 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 very special episode 18 of the Sailor Jerry podcast. Emil and the Sniffers are one of the sickest, dopest, raddest garage rock, punk rock and roll bands to come out of Australia in a very, very, very long time, and there is a lot of great music that comes out of Australia, ladies and gentlemen. Their new album, Comfort to Me, hits the streets September 10th, and on this episode, we dive deep into the writing and recording process of the record. We obviously take a look back at the band's history, uh, their self-titled record that just blew up everywhere. Um, You know, winning an Ario Award in uh, Australia, you know, landing the Gucci campaign, Uh, you know, they've they've seen and experienced a lot of shit in a short amount of time. And, you know, above it all, uh, they just keep cranking out great, great, great songs. So very stoked about this episode. Very excited to sit down with Amy and Declan, um, you know, singer and guitar player. Um, and kind of just talk about the band talk about the record talk about australia and talk about life so without further ado kick back relax put the needle on the record and let's go you man
1: yeah i'm good how are you
0: i'm good brother i'm good
1: uh, i'm hoping amy's here soon she should be she's always late actually
0: <laughs> oh it's all good man it's all good congrats on the uh on the new record coming out man it's fucking great
1: thank you yeah is really proud of this one so
0: I'm, oh I'm here hoping- we go amy's in the mix hold on here let's see hello <laughs> yo what's up amy how are you
2: i'm not bad how you doing
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you guys so much for taking the time, man. It really means a lot.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm glad we could line it up. Hey,
0: Declan. Hey, how are you?
1: Good morning. Good
2: morning.
0: Are you guys just on a, on a press juggernaut right now? <laughs>
2: In a roundabout way, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, right on. Right on. Well, it's well-deserved because the, uh, you know, the band is fucking awesome and the new record is fucking great, too. So congratulations.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Right on, right on. I wanted to uh, to get into it, you know, but uh, before we do, just to give our listeners a little bit of background, because, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Australia. I'm a big fan of Australian rock and roll and punk rock are such a great history of music in Australia. Um, so I just want to get a little bit of history of the band and maybe, uh, Amy, if you want to start just a little bit of personal history about like how, you know, kind of music came into your life.
2: Um, well, I guess like my first introduction to kind of heavy music was when I was about 13, I went to an all ages hardcore show and I grew up in an area that was pretty like hippie, so to speak. And, um, I remember just seeing the aggression and I was just like really attracted to it. Like everybody just thrashing around and like being angry and like being sweaty and being like animals. I was like, this is really dope. Um, and as well, yeah, I went to like a lot of car shows as a kid and there was lots of rockabilly music. <laughs> so I guess that was an introduction. But before the band, I just like, I love live music and would go to like live shows five nights a week or whatever. And just, yeah, just loved it.
0: Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, there's actually a lot of, uh, a lot of like bluegrass and rockabilly stuff in Australia. There's a lot of fucking cool, you know, like, uh, was it C.W. Stone King? Is that that dude? Yeah. That dude's pretty badass, man he's 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 a cool fucking dude what about you Declan how did uh, how did music start for you
1: um I guess like music like my parents always played music around the house and stuff but they weren't musicians so like but I could sort of tell that they always like loved music and then like I guess like when I first started studying um at uni like music I just got like really into it to, to sort of like escape all that sort of stuff and just chill on that and then like because I was in Melbourne, which is such a good, like music city. Like I sort of just became like in love with the music scene and became more and more in love with music. And until it got to the point where I felt I needed to join a band.
0: Yeah, right on. So are you, are you kind of classically trained? Are you a music school dude? Uh,
1: ah, nah, I Picked it up myself. YouTube guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That's the best way to do it. So what were you guys, you know, when when the band was kind of just starting to take shape what were you guys listening to were you guys are you both into punk rock hardcore stuff or was there a bunch of different influences or how did it all come together
1: I don't know I can't remember
2: (laughs) At at the time like I said it's like I'm just like really really influenced by live stuff like I've never really been like record collector or like You know, I listen to music, but live music has always just been where my heart's at. And so, like, I was just going to heaps of, I think we all were too, just going to heaps of, like, garage, local Melbourne stuff at the time, just kind of, like, there was a band called, like, Dumb Pants, Drunk Mums, um, even, like, a band, like, Ristics and stuff. They're just, like, kind of small, yeah, garage bands from Melbourne that we just went and saw constantly. And they would always kind of put on backyard house shows and stuff. And we would be like, oh, we want to play, like, a house show. So that was kind of where our heads were at at the time. But I remember when we started, we were like, let's start a house band and we'll call we'll call it the 121s and we'll make it sound like the B52s, but we fucking missed <laughs> that last five bit.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Not not as good of a name. Not as good of a name no, 121s. <laughs> That's utter <really> rubbish.
2: <laughs>
0: so Amy, when did you when did you first pick up a microphone? Because I feel like that is like a moment where like the clouds kind of parted and and a new voice emerged cuz honestly your voice is absolutely incredible um and you know there's something about um you know your voice the Declan's guitar and just the way the whole band plays together uh it's it's super old school and classic but it's also very very original and and unique so when did uh when did you start singing
2: um i can't remember the exact point in time but i remember like kind of whenever I'd get drunk and would be at those house shows, I'd like, I'd kind of grab the mic and rap. <laughs> um, like over like, you know, other people's bands, I'd just like jump up for a song and freestyle rap. That was my party trick. So I guess it was kind of there, if I'm honest.
0: And it's all started with hip hop. It always starts with hip hop.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And when did you, uh, when did you decide to uh, Declan, did you guys, did you start the band together? or how did it start?
1: Yeah, it's funny, like we all lived together and the boys in the band, we all played in different bands. Um, Our original bass player and our drummer, they played in a band together and I played in a different band and we lived with Amy and we were like, oh, well, we may as well start like a band of this house. That's how the 121s came about with the, we we lived at, our house number was 121. So we were like, yeah, let's start a band.
0: That's so fucking cool. That's so fucking cool. And naturally, Amy, did it feel good uh, stepping up onto the mic and, and fronting the band? It felt right? Felt good?
2: It felt really right. It just, you know, it just came really naturally to me. And I just had so much energy and like aggression that I just wanted to get out. And um, yeah, like pretty much as soon as we played our first show, it just felt really comfortable. And I've never been intimidated by performing or being on the stage. A lot other people think it just, just, yeah, I just wanted it.
0: Yeah, right on. That's super cool. And then, you know, fast, fast it a little bit, um, you know, when the when the full length comes out, you know, when the self-titled record comes out, um, you know, were you guys, what were your expectations of that record? What were you expecting to kind of like get out of that? Were there any expectations? Uh, you know, when it, when it was all finished, were you guys, fuck yeah, this, this record's going to fuck people up? Or were you just like, oh, cool, we got a good record?
2: I don't know I think with that record like we were so busy at the time and and everything was kind of written for the live show like we were just kind of like oh we've, we've played the same set like a hundred times we better write some new music so that was kind of what the self-titled was it was just like more fuel to the fire of a live show and um so when that came out I think we we're all like this is pretty fucking exciting and it, it really exceeded any expectations I had to be honest um kind of it The band in general, like always does. Like when we started and we got played on radio once, I was like, fuck, we're pretty famous and shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then like it just keeps leveling up from there. Like, you know, it's like, oh, well, we have like a label that's fucking huge. Like, this is insane. And then like, oh, we've made a record. How, how the hell do we have a vinyl put out? That's so sick.
0: Yeah. That's amazing, man. It's, it's amazing when you can make something, and your expectations are exceeded, and it goes way further than you possibly thought it would. Declan, what about yeah. you? Did you have did you have a uh, any sort of you know expectations for the record?
1: Um, for the first one, nah. Uh, I remember when we we got nominated for the aria, and I was like, <laughs> like I thought that was funny. I there's I mean like everyone says this, but I was like, there's no way that I thought we would win because we were nominated for best rock album against like Jimmy Barnes and Midnight Oil, who are like Australian classics. So like. We've I like we went for a joke, really. I was like, let's just go this one time because we're never ever gonna get like nominated again. Let's just go for shits and giggles and then we end up winning. That that was fucking insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, that yeah, congratulations, by even, the way. Cheers. Even though
2: we don't have like <laughs> big expectations or any like plans, I think at the same time, like I know I'm personally like pretty ambitious and like want I just think the world's so big and like we've only just scratched the surface of it. And it's like I really just want to like see what happens and like we always kind of take on opportunities as they come and whatnot but um but we just don't go like oh you know let's sell out a show or anything we're just kind of like well we'll see what happens
0: yeah yeah yeah. well it's 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 tricky too you know when when you make a record because you put so much work into it and you don't want to get wrapped up in the game of oh it has to do this or it has to you know, has to hit these sort of levels or goals because then it just fucks the whole process up and it kind of turns it inside out. It's no yeah. good. It's no <laughs> good. So, so you know, going back before the Aria, which is absolutely incredible. Um, and, I, you know, going back to that, I think to me the reason why you guys won and the reason why I love the band is because it's just fucking, it's new blood, man. It's a, it's a new fucking sound and it feels so good. You know, I mean, of course, I mean, I fucking love Midnight Oil. All right. I, I do. I love them. But it's like, that, you know, if you get the opportunity to like celebrate something new and cool, fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like it's there's way too much of the old guard, you know, in charge still. So I'm stoked oh, you guys yeah. won that. Stoked you guys hey. won that. Um, So what was it like at that point, a, a little bit before then, when you guys were just touring around Australia, when did you kind of like, holy shit, like, we're going to tour outside of Australia. We're going worldwide with this thing. What, what was that like when it happened?
2: Well, I think at the time, like, our first overseas tour was, like, 23 days in 24 – Oh, sorry, 23 gigs in 24 days. Ooh. And before that – because Australia is Australia. There's, like, three cities in, like, 20 fucking towns. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you don't really tour. Like, we hadn't done any extensive touring down here. We, and the longest thing we'd done was, like, five dates over like a month so yeah i mean we just kind of jumped straight into it and like we went over because um the band king gizzard so kindly took us as a support to america and we like added a couple of uk dates on before that so it was all pretty intimidating because we're like what's this gonna look like
0: yeah absolutely but i mean I, i think it like the energy translates you know what i mean and it's like, I'm so bummed that I've never seen you guys live. I feel like such an asshole doing this interview. i never seen you guys live. I'm so bummed. But <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But it seems like, you know, especially, you know, basically writing a record to go tour, you know, and you go out, you guys must really, really love playing live, right? I mean, it's got to be just absolutely cathartic and, and, and a big piece of what the band's all about.
2: Yeah, playing live is so dope. I think that fucking, yeah, got pretty burnt out with it because um, we were just playing so, so much and stuff and, like, it just was got really... Because, you know, then you start pulling your energy from, like, a really dark place and you get kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. a bit weak and shit. Um, I'm sure you know the feeling, but, um, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of good in a way. Like, obviously, COVID, horrible, pandemic, terrible, but it was kind of nice to just sit at home for a, a month or two.
0: Yeah, no joke. We're, we're out on tour right now with, uh, with Rancid and it's like, it it feels so weird. It feels so weird. Like the shows are cool, but it's still really, it's still really weird. You know, it's, it's super strange. And and hopefully I I don't know, man, it just, the the whole fucking situation just sucks, but it's like, I, I don't know the way things are over here. I mean, it's kind of a mess. Like people are just kind of, it's (laughs) very, it's varying degrees of just people saying, fuck it. You know, like there's either people, you know, a lot of people, artists, stuff like that are vaccinated because they want to get back to work. They want to do their thing, but the country's so fucked in general, you know, when it comes to like making a cohesive group decision for the greater good of humanity.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. I think it's similar down here, if we're honest. Um, There's like a lot of confusion and a lot of people not sold on the idea. And it's like, well get sold because we're not
0: going to do anything forever otherwise yeah, yeah yeah it's got it's it's got to get done it's got to get done so going into uh going into the new record um you know obviously coming off the success of of the self-titled record i mean you guys were crushing it you were everywhere um you know fucking gucci can we talk about gucci for a second that was so oh, yeah. fucking cool that was so, <laughs> i thought that was so dope and it was like you know it's a whole kind of you know, new wave of, of garage rock female-fronted badass bands. And I thought it was really cool that you guys made that move. Did you guys get any shit for that?
2: Yeah, um, I got a pair of sneakers um, and I got a hoodie too, uh, which is pretty dope. <laughs> but as the main thing as well. It's like we got like, to go to Italy or whatever, wherever we were. Where was it? Sicily?
1: Sicily, yeah. yeah.
2: We had to go to Sicily and we got to go on like, you know, we got really treated really special you know it's like the music scene doesn't have an equivalent of that really unless you're like so it was nice to taste that water for a second like we got put in a nice hotel and um picked up by like a a car and um catering catering we got really good catering um yeah the catering was really good we got like our own little hotel rooms which we never had well actually that on tour um (laughs) And as well, like in the music industry, there's just not really like we hadn't made any money before. Like we're all couch surfing still. And so to have something that actually like respected us financially for a second, like just dragged us through a couple of months without having to eat fucking toast and sleep on couches.
0: Yeah, that's that's a that's a great fucking point. I mean, it's like I I think. So sometimes one, you don't realize how shitty the music industry is until you step outside of it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you get, you get like a little love from, from, you know, anywhere else really. Uh, but I thought it was super, super cool that you guys did that. I thought it was awesome. Was there any, yeah. uh, was there any blowback from, from uh, you know, the punk police or anything like that?
2: Oh, fuck yeah. We got heaps of blowback. I think it really like divided a fair few like fans. We got heaps of support too. And like people just understood, but we got heaps of yeah negative feedback and like kind of people questioning it but the thing is it's like I actually get it it's like consumerism's fucked and like mass consumerism is bad and like like class division is bizarre and the world's fucked up but the way I justify it to myself is like well honestly it's like I'm literally shopping at Kmart otherwise like there's no difference it's like there's just one for the lower class and one for the higher class and I'm just gonna like dip between the both if, if I can and I'm gonna take on opportunities and I also like, I just, even though I care, it's like, I don't do anything about like, yeah, I don't, I don't do anything about consumerism in general. And I'm not, as a band, it's like, we're not going to create any great change. And it would be an illusion to believe that us denying an offer would shape us as people or shape us as a band. Um, and then the third thing to think about is like, I'm not entitled to just get everything for nothing. It's like, I need to like work to survive and I need to like take on jobs that might feel out of my comfort zone so that I can like survive as like a band because that's what I want. Or like survive as a human because most of the time that's what I want.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, I, I think, um, you know, there's a, a song on a new record, Don't Fence Me In. And it kind of feels like that, you know, it, it, you, as an artist, as a band, as a human being, you want to be able to do whatever the fuck you want. You want to be able to grow. You want to be able to try different things, learn from, you know, different people, new experiences, all that stuff. And I thought that was a, a really cool uh, lyrical moment on the record as well. I just want to bring it up because it makes like, it feels like it makes sense what we're talking about now, you know?
2: Yeah, definitely. As well, the other thing to note is like everybody there was so fucking nice. Like, you know, it's so easy to forget that. They're just like, I well, it's not easy for me to forget, but I feel like a lot of people in, like certain music scenes or just general, like forget that they're people too. Like everybody I met there was like nice and they'll like sing songs and like, they're just humans who are just doing a job like under like fucking capitalism. Everyone's going to exploit everybody and it's all pretty disgusting. So let's just lean into it and get fucking weird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Couldn't agree more. (laughs) So, you know, going out, coming after all that, you know, going into the new record, um what was the kind of the vibe in the band was there any sort of uh you know anxiousness about you know doing a follow-up record or were you guys just super hyped to get back in and record or what was the uh the kind of process like writing the record
1: um well yeah like we started that november uh, october 2019 and yeah i mean like we were still i mean that was i think we started writing it before we won the aria i think once we won the aria that's when i started shitting myself i was like oh fuck like a few people are going people are gonna hear this new album so you know and there's a way to measure the success of it now because we won an award but like i mean like the the sort of way that we wrote this album sort of changed a lot of directions because like we first started writing it like pre-covid and then um and then like coronavirus happened and we ended up having like all of a sudden like this abundance of time to write. And I guess like before that, we've always been like a sort of like a, a bit of a deadline band or like we sort of like maybe rush things, but not in like a bad way, but like, yeah. So like we just sort of wrote heaps and yeah, I don't know. What do you want to add to that?
2: <laughs> I didn't feel too much pressure or anything about the second one. Um, just, I don't know why I didn't, I just didn't. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I can't remember the exact question, if I'm honest. <laughs>
0: well, no, no, I was just, uh, I was just curious to see like, like what the, what the vibe was going into the record, because, you yeah. know, like you're saying, sometimes like you're saying, you win an award, there can be pressure or sometimes, it, sometimes that doesn't fucking phase, you know, the the band at all. It's just like, okay, we got that. Awesome. Let's just fucking go make this record. Um, what's I- the, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: I think there's so much happened over the in between, like starting to write it to the end. Like you know, it's like we started it off the back of like pretty much touring for two years straight internationally, and then started writing, being like, let's get our second album going. So all of us were kind of like exhausted in like um in like a not fresh way, <laughs> and um, so that's how we like started it. And then we went into fire season in Australia, and that was really gnarly. And then we went into COVID in between like a couple of sh- uh, Aussie tours and and a couple of fun things. So. I feel like because maybe because everything was so hectic in the world, you, you don't care so much because you're like, oh, boo hoo, someone won't like my song. Like next, what's the next problem? <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Um, yeah. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. There's, uh, you know, there, there's bigger fish to fry. You know, it's like it's kind of nice when you allow yourself to uh, to be creative that way, because it's like there is there's really so much. You know, there was everyone's bitching about their own, you know, their own life right now. But there's there's bigger problems. So it like initially, when the music industry shut down, everyone was like, "Oh shit!" But you know, I mean, there's fucking people dying. You know, so just just chill out a little bit. You'll go back on tour eventually. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. right on, right on, right on. And then, so how do you guys write? Does it start? Is it together? Is it uh, start with a guitar riff and get sent out to the group, or uh, what? What's the process?
1: Yeah. So like usually the process is either me Gus or Bryce will come forward with like a bass line or a guitar riff and either like a few parts or just one part and we just sort of like jam it out I guess and so like if there's just one part then someone else can come forward with another part another idea but like yeah we just sort of like keep jamming the song and while we jam that Amy sort of scribbles lyrics right over the top so like Yeah. And so then once we sort of have a structure down, then we can start rehearsing the song with Amy's vocal ideas.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. And then, uh, so are you, Amy, do you like to be in the spot or do you like to get, uh, you know, do you have like a demo version of just the music that you listen to in headphones or something like that?
2: Um, To be honest, it's a bit of everything. Like sometimes we'll just go in there and I I really just like fade off the energy of the music and stuff. Cause, in general, like if any even if I'm watching TV and there's like background music without noticing, I'm like dancing and shit. Um, so it's like, I, I, I prefer it when it, I'm just in the studio with them or not the studio, the fucking tin box. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and they're like writing it and I'm writing it with them and it comes really naturally. And I'll usually like scribble down an idea and then take it away and kind of flesh it out. Um, cause then it's like a mix of spontaneity and, and it matches the song, but then it also has like some actual things I'm thinking rather than just, um, reaction. And, um, but other times it's like, I can't think of shit. And I'm like, can you just give me a demo so I can listen to it over and over and over again?
0: Oh yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are taking a quick commercial break so we can refill our world famous Jerry loves ginger cocktails. If you've never had one, follow along. Here we go one part Sailor Jerry spiced rum, three parts ginger beer. That's it. You add the Sailor Jerry to an empty rocks glass, you fill it with ice, top it with ginger beer, and garnish it with lime, or if you're feeling fancy, some candied ginger. That's it. Now back to the show. When it comes to uh, melody and and lyrics, uh, is that something that's kind of 50-50 for you, or do you focus more on lyrics over melody or vice versa?
2: It's probably... Yeah, no, no, actually it is probably 50-50. Like it's something I'm not too conscious about, but um, yeah, if I get like lyrics that I really like, I really love phrasing, like when it's kind of like it has this weird flow and stop and like like little rhymes and stuff. Um, But melody just kind of usually comes and then sometimes it's too obvious. Like I'm like, that was the first thought. So I should try and like make some different noises so that it sounds a bit more, I don't know, just not obvious and simple.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And that's a, a good way to kind of dive into uh, the new record because um, one of the things I, I love about, uh, you know, Guided by Angels is the phrasing of, of you know, the lyrics and and the melody. It's very like, it's, it's almost like manic in a way. The energy is just really cool. It's almost like it could be read as a poem, you know, outside of the music. And so it's really cool the way, you know, they fit together, uh, you know, as well. So, um you know what an awesome lead off track what, what how did that song come together
2: that was actually the first song we we wrote off the album um and funnily enough as well it was yeah ripped right way before covid so i can't remember exactly how it came about but it was just like a mixture of a bunch of different feelings and the kind of thing where it's like i guess it's just straight up like an abstract feeling that you can't articulate that somehow comes comes out in a in a song or whatever um and yeah it's kind of just like a bunch of different feelings like you know feeling like you're like getting pulled through life by some unknown force or energy that you like create yourself and it it can be like damaging and it can be positive but it is what it is and like you know energy literally is currency it's like all you are is the energy and where you put it and like I got fucking bucket loads of it and at the same time though it's like if I waste it and do dumb shit then I'm wasting my life and I'm wasting my happiness and shit um so it's kind of about that really in a, in a roundabout way and like a couple of different things as well
0: awesome awesome Declan how did the music for that tune come together yeah so that
1: was um a bass line that Gus brought forward and I mean yeah it's pretty simple song really like musically like so like there's just the the bass part and then I just like Gus I mean, Bryce just started jamming along on drums and then I played over the top I mean, it's it's like so simple, isn't it? Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. It, but it fucking I, drives. Uh, it re- it really drives, and yeah. it's such a cool way to open up the record. Really cool. We're a yeah. pretty
2: pretty simple band. Like <laughs> we just kind of do something, and if it sounds good, we're like, that sounds good. And you know, nothing's really like overthought too much, and it's pretty intuitive. I think at least with you guys, like if you're just playing stuff, you're like, that sounds good, or that sounds crap. or like, well, our structure's just been like this. Chorus, chorus but out in a solo like
0: <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah right yeah right hey that's the fucking legit style right there i mean it's like it's classic you know punk rock rock and roll it's like it's all good it's a good formula um
2: that's, you know like punk and rock and stuff it's like the whole it's all about the spirit of stuff and like you're not you know nobody knew how to play stuff and they just taught themselves and and it's kind of going like if you can just do that and you can sound like shit, but it can still be good.
0: <laughs> yeah, absol- yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I think uh, like, for example, though, like the outro on security, like the guitar, the guitar leads are so good. They're so <laughs> good. And uh, yeah, like that song is is classic because it just like, you know, I love the way the outro just fucking it just goes and goes and goes and I can just imagine you guys just jamming that song and it's got to be so much fucking fun to play
1: yeah definitely I think that outro I remember jamming that outro and I reckon like the first time it went a lot longer than what it does on the recording <laughs> we, we probably just went that forever and yeah um, yeah I love that outro
0: yeah, that's a good one, man. I bet live you guys could probably easily roll that into like 20, 30 minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do that. It's such yeah, a good I'm going to
2: get a drink and stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Amy, on uh, on Freaks to the Front, um, the opening lyric is so good. And I feel like it kind of is like a, it, it kind of sets up like the lyrical vibe for the whole record, in my opinion, which is get on my level or get out of the way. You know, which is which is which is is really fucking cool. Uh, I'm a big fan of like, you know, uh, you know, opening lines and songs, especially in rock and roll. There's so many great ones. Um, So, you know, lyrically on this record, uh, you know, where were you at? Is it kind of all over the place song by song? Or is there a couple different things that you were thinking about going into the writing process or? Uh, Let me think for a
2: second. Yeah, I think it's a, it's like a bunch of different things. There's definitely like a defiance to it, and some kind of determination, um, and kind of like resisting any kind of like, yeah, like boundaries set on me either as like female or like a musician or as a human in be, in general. Like, you know, being expected to be smaller than what I am physically. I'm tiny, but <laughs> but inside I'm big. Um, <laughs> that's a Madeline reference. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but um. Yeah. I don't know. Just like, yeah, pretty, I got pretty depressed last year. So that kind of shaped my view on the world and was feeling pretty cynical and hopeless. Like I'm sure like a bunch of people feel that way as well. So that's definitely like shaped some lyrics and, um, yeah, just like reflecting on my experiences as a female that shaped some lyrics and just wanting to like be clearer about that. And like, it's not that I'm expecting anything from anyone, but I just, you know, experiences are everything and that's what you're made up of. Um, and as well, just, yeah, a big fuck you to anybody who, you know, just wants to hold people back in any way or judge people or like, or like, yeah, just be obnoxious pieces of shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I picked up on that vibe big time. I picked up like, it's, it, you know, you can, uh, you can tell you're pissed off, you know, but, yeah. it, and it's like, and it's good and it's good. And you can tell you're kind of like, almost like you're like, you're almost like you're fighting your way back to something um, and then the certain songs like Knifey and Laughing uh, it just feels like you're kind of you know stepping up for yourself as a female artist and being like what the fuck just chill the fuck out and let me be me yeah. and respect who I am
2: yeah exactly and just like I'm a strong advocate for having like a, a good laugh about everything and, and in turn having the last laugh and being like you know like laughing literally it's like Everyone takes everything so seriously and like makes a cartoon character one-dimensional and females in general. But it's like I'm the one having a laugh, bro. Like I'm gonna have a good time and like you can either join me or you, you can sit at home having a sook.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there's a couple, uh, there's a couple, you know, pretty like almost hardcore punk moments on the record. Like choices, um, you know, choices is pretty badass. Um, and then uh, is it? I think. Is it capital that's got that almost like metal riff in the chorus? Yeah, that's a a badass riff, Declan. (laughs) How did that song come about?
1: Capital is the first drop D song that we've got, which I'm
0: pretty
1: excited. (laughs) Oh! Actually, it's drop drop D sharp because we play a half step down for anyone playing at home. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I guess that's like our first sort of approach at metal. I don't know. That's what I like to think anyway. yeah, Bryce came up with that verse riff, which was like, you know, real medley sort of thing. And I was like, oh, like, I like metal that sort of has that old school sort of boogie sort of like me- uh, rock and roll sort of vibe to it. So I just chucked in that part. And like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's so funny trying to articulate how songs came about because it's sort of like, oh, I'm just going to do this and that happens. And that's sort of like how we do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. But those like, as as a listener, um, those are like cool little moments on the record that kind of like that, that separate it or like that show like, um, you know, like evolution of the band almost, you know, like there's that there's like a I don't know if it's a like a end part on the chorus of uh, of maggot, but that I am who I am. There's like a little there's a guitar like vocal like thing happening there. That's that part's really, really cool, too. Like as soon as I heard that part, it like stuck out. I was like, oh, shit, that's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really fucking good record. You guys, how how are you, are you excited for it to come out and you guys, what's the vibe right now? Is it just bummer? Cause you can't do anything or, you know, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's, it's so fucked. Right. Cause it's like, you have a new record out. You're so fucking excited, you know, but it's like, you're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit like I'm, this, you know,
2: I'm really excited. I'm so fucking pumped. I just can't wait for it to be out. And I think we're all like super proud of it and like, hell yeah. I think, yeah, it'll be sick. And it's pretty funny though. Like, yeah, we're in lockdown with like a 9 p.m. curfew and shit. You do a Zoom at fucking 10 p.m. and you're having a cup of tea a fucking bathrobe and you're like, man, this isn't very fucking fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, a, it's yeah, it's fucking brutal right now. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> brutal. Are you guys, you know, assuming that things do get a little bit better, are you guys ready to, is there plans for, you know, world tour, just get back at it once you can travel?
2: Yeah, yeah, we got it all penciled in, so hopefully it turns into a pending and we'll be on our way. But we already discussed it and we decided we want to go platinum. (laughs) So,
0: yeah, you came to that decision as a group. We want to go platinum. (laughs) Yeah, we're ready. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So, one of the things I want to talk to you guys about is uh, Australian punk, Australian rock and roll. Um, What are some of the bands that you guys love that maybe you grew up listening to? What's the new kind of generation out, you know, right now, is there any up and coming, um, you know, awesome bands in Australia that people might want to, that people might want to know about or listen to anything like that?
2: Um, You absolutely must listen to the band coffin, um, which has got dots in between each letter. Um, They're from Sydney and they're great. They're like, yeah, they're probably the most band I listen to in Australia at the moment. Um and Cosmic Psychos, everybody should Hell listen yeah. to that an, an influence of all of ours. Um, I've been re-listening to Rose Tattoo, which I haven't listened to for ages, but because it's turning into spring down here, yeah, just ACDs in <laughs> Rose Tattoo, um, when I'm going for runs to get pumped up. Um there's some bands that don't play anymore called um there's one from Sydney called Nasho, but they're really great, but yeah, they don't play anymore. And a band from a rock band from Melbourne called Destiny, who also don't play anymore. But the singers now in a band called Rot TV. It's just like rock and roll. They're great. Um take it away, Declan.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's nice that you're listening to Rose Hadoo again, Amy. They were like a massive influence on me when we started this band. I just wanted to be in Rose Hadoo pretty much.
0: Um, cool guys. I I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, you know, to be with us here on the Sailor Jerry podcast. It means a lot, means a lot to me. Uh, big fan of the band. Congrats on the record. You know, it's That's it's, it's really fucking great. I hope that things, uh, you know, open back up and that, you know, hopefully you guys will be touring again or at least celebrating uh, with some record release shows uh, in Australia. So uh, Declan, Amy, thank you guys very much for being here. Appreciate thank you guys.
2: To, tell Sailor Jerry's to send us some drinks. <laughs> I got you. Great. <laughs>
0: yeah, I got I got you sorted. Thanks a lot, guys. Congrats on the record. And uh I, I hope it goes platinum. Thanks,
2: Matt. Thanks for chatting with us. Have a
0: nice day. Uh, peace. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Oh, yeah. That's a wrap on episode 18, ladies and gentlemen. As always, huge, huge shout out to my special guests, Amy and Declan from Amel and the Sniffers. Their brand new album, Comfort to Me. Comes out when? September 10th, ladies and gentlemen. So go get that shit. The record is amazing. You will not be disappointed. And, um, you know, thank you to Amy and Declan uh, for the time. Really appreciate the conversation and uh, getting a little bit more insight uh, into the band and, and into them as people. So that was super cool. Um, also, want to give a big shout out to Sailor Jerry. Um, I'm really having a lot of fun uh, checking in from the road and doing this podcast um doing it from the road has actually been a really cool experience um it's uh it, it's a good way for me to kind of just check in and uh and and you know appreciate everything i got going on and kind of replay it and uh and, and talk to the people of course so um you know thank you don't forget that say the jerry spiced rum has made the old school way 92 proof bold and smooth as hell all right. We'll see you on the flip side. Peace.